Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, going solo here to preview this Browns-Lions game. And we had to wait, you know, for so long to do this just because there were so many outstanding questions about this game. It feels like this has happened a couple of times throughout the season for the Browns. Makes recording these previews very difficult, but uh, and that's why I'm going solo too. Jordan couldn't make this one, but he it just had to wait. We didn't know who was playing quarterback. You know, we didn't know who, uh, you know, uh, some of the personnel was going to be, but now we do. Now we do. And so kind of the, the major things, I think that's where we got to start is first, Nick Chubb and Demetric Felton both activated off the COVID list. It took a while, a while for them to be activated off the COVID list. So uh, thankfully, they did finally produce negative tests and were able to go back out there. You know, it'll be interesting to see if there's any uh, trade off in terms of carries, if they work in Dearness Johnson a little bit more with Chubb missing so many days of practice. He was vaccinated. Who knows, you know, what effects he felt, if any, but th- that's something we're really not going to find out until Sunday, uh, as far as I know. And then the you know the big news really on the other was on the other side of things with the Lions and who was going to play quarterback for them because Jared Goff has been injured not practicing all week their backup David Blau is out on injured reserve and it looks like Goff is not going to play that those are the reports we have now that he has not been able to practice all week he is unlikely to play Friday practice is kind of that indicator you can't at least get out there in some capacity. Usually it's not a great indication that you're going to play Sunday. So we don't know for sure, but I think at this point, it is safe to assume that Tim Boyle, the Lions third string quarterback is going to be the guy starting on Sunday. And so if you're like me, you start asking the question, well, who is Tim Boyle? Not somebody you're probably familiar with. And there's a reason for that, folks. Tim Boyle, in his NFL career, has thrown four passes, completed three of them for 15 yards. He is not great. He is, uh, yeah, he is not good. Uh, At least that's the evidence we have so far. There's a lot of crazy statistics about Tim Boyle out there, actually. So this this is my favorite one that I'll share with the podcast. He has a negative total yardage for his career in the NFL. He is minus one yards for his career. Now that's because of kneel downs. He's thrown for 15 yards. He has rushed 18 times for minus 16 yards that have mostly come as a result of kneel downs. So he has minus one total yards, but okay. You're thinking, Oh, you know, third should quarterback. Really? We don't have anything to go off of for Tim Boyle, right? Well, he must've, you know, gone to a, a college powerhouse or something like that. Like that's why he's in the league, right? no, no, he went to Connecticut and Eastern Kentucky. Well, he must have then, you know, lit it up there, right? Like, th- there's got to be something. Actually, no, not that either. He he threw 12 touchdowns and had thir- or 26 interceptions in college at, at those two places. And to boot, to top it all off, Tim Boyle is coming off an injury uh, on his thumb that required surgery. And so he just got activated off the IR in week 10. That is who the Browns are are going up against at quarterback. Like 
And, and, and let's just, yeah, let's talk about the, this Lions offense versus the Browns defense. I mean, Jared Goff has been bad this season. The Lions are 32nd in terms of passing offense from an EPA perspective from DVOA as well, I believe. But Jared Goff is a real NFL quarterback. Like he took a team to a Super Bowl. When he's out there, he's not good. But I think, frankly, sometimes he's gotten too much hate as it is with his surrounding talent on the Lions. So, you know, even if you you say he's a, a bottom five quarterback in, in the league as far as starters, he is a, you know, a, a legitimate NFL quarterback in some capacity. And I think there are real questions if Tim Boyle really even is that for the Lions. And and like I said, this offense has not been good at all this season. They they they're below average running the football. They're one of the worst passing offenses. They don't have really a whole lot of players that would threaten you. I mean, there's a reason this team hasn't won a game all all season. So the question really becomes on this side of the ball, you know, make the case for how the Lions could move the ball at all, right? Because that's really the question, right? Can they get, can they get 14 points, you know, in a situation like that? Or, you know, can they, you know, get to double digits, even 20 points, you know, and give themselves a shot in this game? Like they got 16 last week against the Steelers. I don't really think so, but but the case would be this. TJ Hawkinson. I think that's really the one skill player that could potentially give the Browns challenges. He is a, a, a physical monster at the tight end position. We, we've talked about, you know, the Browns struggles at safety and, and, and linebacker at times covering in space. Can the Lions somehow force feed the ball to TJ Hawkinson, get a big play or two from him you know, in order to get this this offense going, I think that would be one thing you, you'd point to if you're, you know, trying to be a Lions optimist. I think the second thing is that, you know, the, the strength of this team on the Brown side is clearly the de- defensive line, in particular, Garrett and Clowney. And the Lions tackle situation should be pretty good. Uh, you know, they, uh, of course, drafted Panay Sewell, but he was originally going to play right tackle for this team this season because they have Taylor Decker at left tackle. That hadn't been the case until, you know, last week Taylor Decker was able to return from injury and actually they looked pretty good. Decker was fine out there at left tackle and Sewell at right tackle, uh, except he had a really nice game last week. So I think that's one thing you could point to, Hey, maybe the lines are able to slow down this pass rush a little bit and at least protect a boil and give him time to potentially find Hawkinson or, you know, the, the other receivers on the lions. And then, you know, really the last thing is just, you know, like all, you know, struggling teams with struggling quarterbacks, can they run the ball to take the pressure off of boil? Now this lions team has not been a great running team uh, really all season. They've had some moments here and there with Swift. They've actually got a converted safety at, at Northwestern. Godwin Equabuke playing running back for this team as well as a backup. They've got Jamal Williams in there uh, too. So they've got some guys that you know, you've heard of and are decent running backs, but they really haven't been able to run the ball all that well because their offensive line isn't that great. These guys haven't been able to, to plug the holes. And they're running in pretty obvious situations. The Lions have the the highest run rate on first down of any team in the NFL. So I wouldn't expect that to change with third string quarterback coming in, but it's not going to change the way they've been playing necessarily. 
so uh, you know maybe there's an argument there that hey they're still going to call a similar playbook they'll hopefully be able to to move the browns a little bit and get just enough maybe out of boil there and, and again i just don't see it this this offense is bad it's really bad guys and and that's going to be a theme with this team so uh, you know really as long as i think the browns are bought in and focused they're going to be fine now there is the question of hey are the browns going to be bought in and focused you know the the big storyline i think this week from the team from a non-football perspective was miles garrett's comments you know about how this team didn't make the proper adjustments on, on the sideline which he said after the last game against the patriots joe woods kind of shrugged it off this week saying you know that didn't really bother him miles garrett said he you know he didn't mean to call out joe woods so they've kind of walked back but that's to me is really the only question. And I mentioned this, uh, you know, even going back to the, the podcast after the Patriots game, this game on paper is just a massive, massive mismatch. I don't, I honestly don't think it's even being accounted for enough in the line, just how much of a, in the betting markets, how big of a mismatch this is, but this is, this team is awful. The lines, there is nothing statistically that indicates this is a good football team. They don't match up well with the Browns either. I don't see how they move the ball in this game, but you've got a rookie quarterback, you know, sometimes or not, he's not a rookie, but you know, first time starter. And sometimes there is the, you know, the idea that a team like the Lions is going to pull out all the stops. They're going to run some trick plays. They may bring some wildcat, you know, can they disrupt the Browns in that way? And if they hit, you know, one of those plays successfully, is it going to disrupt this Browns team from a chemistry perspective? I hope not. I wouldn't think so. But to me, that's kind of the only thing, you know, again, if you're trying to make a case for the Lions here is, hey, they're going to plot a bunch of stops. There's, of course, no film on Doyle. Miles Garrett, you know, talked about that today, that how they really don't know anything about him. There's not a whole lot to suggest that that he's a capable NFL quarterback. Uh, even his preseason PFF numbers are not good. I looked at those, too. Trust me, I scoured the Internet for, for <laughs> information on this guy. But Boy, it's there's not a lot of positive indicators there, which, which I think leads to a to a pretty positive looking result on, on the side for the Browns. I will say one thing I'm interested in is do the Browns use Tommy Togiai at all in this game or more in this game? Because he did play for the first time last week, 22 snaps. And we talked about Malik Jackson just got absolutely blown up last week he's had a couple of really bad games i wonder if togi i plays a little bit more this week in a game where the browns you know have to be feeling pretty confident from the start but even maybe more confident as the game goes along i gave major props to this team for just sticking malik mcdowell in there at the beginning of the year saying goodbye to andrew billings and now officially saying goodbye to him waving him off the team completely i thought that was the right personnel move I think it's time to have that same conversation with Malik Jackson is, Hey, maybe, maybe this guy is just not going to be able to produce at the level the Browns need him to, at least on early downs. And so if you've got a guy like Togi in there, maybe it makes more sense to trade some snaps based on game time situation, all that. I'll be watching for that in this game, especially if the Lions offense is as bad as I think it's going to be this week. I will be, focusing on that interior last note i have is just you know troy hill the neck injury from last week obviously really scary situation yet he's not playing this week you know who's going to play at slot corner for the browns i would expect mj stewart 
Grady Williams is another, you know, potential option there, moving him inside, but, you know, not really something he's been doing much in his career. So just another thing to keep an eye on there too. Those are kind of the two things I'm watching for, assuming that this Alliance offense is not going to put too much stress on the Browns defense, but we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, the, you know, there, there have been bigger surprises, but not many, I will say, uh, in, in my, in my football watching life, if that happens on the flip side of the ball, the news we got from our quarterback is that Baker Mayfield said he is beat up. Uh, clearly there are several injuries he's dealing with the foot, the knee, the shoulder, et cetera, et cetera, but he is going to go on Sunday. So the Lions not very good on the defensive side of the football either. And that Nick Chubb news has got to be scary for them because they rank 29th in rush defense DVOA. They're, you know, they're, they're one of the worst defenses overall against the run. There's a, you know, they're 28th in yards given up there. There's just a lot of numbers that do not point to the Lions being able to stop the run all that well. And then you just look at the personnel. There's not a lot there that impresses you on the defensive side of the football from this team, you know, where, where you're going to be scared that they're going to be able to stop you on the interior. I mean, it's just a lot of guys that have been pushed around that have not delivered. So that is going to be a challenge for, for the Lions to stop the Browns. Now, I don't just think it's the Lions run defense that can be taken advantage of either. This team really isn't good in either phase, as far as passing as well, uh, you know, they, they've struggled. They're, they're 32nd in terms of yards per attempt allowed. They're 30th in passer rating allowed. They, they don't pressure the quarterback at all. So I think the Browns can have a bounce back game through the air as well. And I think that would be good for Baker Mayfield and company to get some confidence. And in particular, I think in a matchup to watch is Jarvis Landry versus AJ Parker, because Jarvis Landry is clearly been frustrated about his lack of production in this offense this year, especially compared even to last year. He, you know, he's really been having a down season, but AJ Parker is one of the worst slot corners in the league. He has not been able uh, to keep up with a lot of slot receivers. And I think Jarvis Landry could have a field day against him, especially because we know Baker Mayfield likes to work that, uh, that aspect of the field and, the one thing that really stops Baker, you know, in terms of that is the pressure, right? That's been kind of the knock on him his whole career. He does not deal very well with pressure. In fact, the uh, crazy stat that I saw is Baker Mayfield and the, well, I, I should start by saying the Browns are number one in pass rush win rate, yet they've given up the second most sacks. What does that tell you? It tells you that when Baker Mayfield is pressured, he does not escape the pocket and escape sacks very well at all. And secondly, you know, that he's holding onto the ball for a long enough time to get sacked in some cases, even when the Browns win initially. So those challenges you know, are, are probably not going to be as impactful against the Lions because this is not an athletic front. It is not a front that gets after the quarterback very well. The, you know, they're, they're 32nd in quarterback hits. They're tied for last in sacks. They have one of the lowest pressure rates. It would be very surprising to me if all of a sudden against one of the best offensive lines in the league and statistically the best pass blocking line in the, in the league that they would, you know, be able to take advantage of that. So I think Baker's going to have a ton of time. I think he's going to be 
in a lot of non-obvious passing situations, given how well I think the running game's going to go. And I think he's got some matchup advantages with, with Landry, with Njoku. So it should be a field day on the offensive side of the football, just as much as the defensive side of the football. And again, the, you know, the Browns have had an up and down season, but they are way better than this Lions team. They just are flat out, you know, 12 point spread. I'd, I'd be betting on the Browns here. I really would. And I know that's a lot of points, but I think the Browns, this is a double digit game. And so really the question comes down to, you know, are they going to be focused? Are they going to be sharp? Are they still going to be hanging their heads from last week? Or is this a get right bounce back spot for the Browns? To me, the, the personnel just shakes out to where I almost find it hard to believe this is not going to be a bounce back spot just because I think the Browns offense is going to work. We talked about how they can only play one way sometimes. Well, that way is going to work against the Lions. And it's going to allow the, the Browns pass rush to pin their ears back. It's going to give Joe Woods the freedom and flexibility to blitz this young quarterback. If the Lions have to throw the ball and, and can't maintain balance running, that offense is going to be a disaster. So really, everything is lining up for the Browns to dominate this game. The only concern is really like your your best case scenario here is we learn nothing from this game. This Lions team is bad. This Browns team is not that bad, uh, you know, even uh, despite their disappointments. So if they crush the Lions, nobody's going to say, oh, the Browns are back, right? I don't think anybody's going to do that. On the flip side, there's only a lot, there's really only downside here because if the Browns do lose this game, I I, I mean, I, I don't even know what I would do. I Disaster. This is actually a disaster. We talk, we talk about not overreacting a lot. If the Browns lose this game to the Lions, I will be, you know, uh, overreacting in a big way. I don't know to what yet. It depends on how the game goes. I have a hunch. Some of it will probably have to do with Joe Woods. Some of it might have to do with the head coach. Some of it might have to do with Baker Mayfield. But I don't think any of that's going to happen. I think the Browns are going to roll in, in this one. But for some reason, if they don't, oof. And I know what you're saying, right? Like the, the the Steelers tied this team last week. Like they've they've played some close games, but uh, and you know they they should have beaten the Ravens. But guys, that the personnel, the stats, it all points to this team being really really bad. The Browns are at home. This should be a, a spot where they should absolutely want to destroy the Lions. And I actually think that I am going to be watching this game in person too. So that'll be really fun. Back in Cleveland, starting for the Thanksgiving holiday on Saturday. And I think I'm going to go to this game Sunday. So really excited to see my first Browns game in a number of years, actually, because of of obviously the COVID circumstances and being out of the city. So I can't wait to go Browns fans. This should be a a one worth watching on Sunday. And then hopefully we can rest easy in the fourth quarter. We'll just have to see. It usually never works out that way for the Browns. They always like to scare us. So maybe they'll do that in this case too, but I'm feeling uh, all right about this game at this point, and then we'll just have to reassess the team after that. But until then, Browns fans, just two words for you. Go Browns.